welcome to another episode of History Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and joining me is Chris Chavez. That's me. And Carter Johnson. That is me. <laughs> I like that. That should be it every time. That's me. I would have been like, that I would have been me. like Chris Chavez, like running the thirteenth it up a little bit. Ooh, you know? that was good. Yeah. Spoiler yeah, yeah. alert! Spoiler alert! Never seen those movies. <laughs> well, Dude. you'll have to watch the trailers then. <laughs> but I know of them. <laughs> that's How can you've never seen Kevin Bacon get a an arrow through his throat? Oh, that's I so amazing! Getting, I saw him uh, getting chased by giant earthworms. Does that count? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, sweet. Because that movie's awesome. You can keep. Yeah, your, I love Tremors. You can keep your creeper card. Oh, thank goodness! Wouldn't it be terrible it if I, one of the hosts, lost his creeper card? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I was literally, literally today. I had somebody message me that I went to high school with. And they messaged me. This is the first time they talked to me since high school, by the way. And the pure, the only reason they were messaging me was to ask me because they had listened to this podcast and they knew that I know this. <laughs> Just asked me, "Hey, uh, we're going to be in Asheville. We need to know uh, what's the creepy stuff going on there." And I was like, "Okay, I'll tell you." That's amazing. I thought <laughs> you're awesome. I thought you were going to yeah. say that they sent you an email to ask you how to get a creeper club card. No. no oh man. No. No, sorry, sorry. No, I was just honored that apparently that's who I am now. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that's awesome. You're the weird, creepy guy, but not in like a weird, creepy guy way. You just like know about creepy stuff. Right, yeah. You're the yeah, go-to. Like, you're the creepy guy like that. Like, you know creepy shit. That's right. I love that. That I'm is cool awesome. That. Dude, that's freaking awesome. How much do you know about uh, Betty and Barty Hill? Uh, I'm going great transition first of all <laughs> yes uh, yes <laughs> so today is a uh, a patreon pick right it sure is well kind of i mean it was a patreon suggestion uh this 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 time for our round table we opened it up to all patreon members to suggest a topic to add to the round table poll and then we had a random selection uh, of what the the episode would be about, and I believe it was Johnny, right? You chose the number, or Carter? No, what do you guys? I made Carter do it. That's right. Carter yeah. chose the number, and it ended up being Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, so that's what we're doing today. Which is yeah, actually so, awesome, because we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah, that's exactly. right. That's right. So obviously, if you know anything about UFOs, if you've ever remotely looked into it, one of the most famous UFO abduction cases is Betty and Barney Hill. Yep. So what we decided to do uh, was we're going to kind of run through this. Uh, we're going to – I figured Wikipedia would be the easiest because it kind of just bullet points stuff out for you. And it's not – remember back in the day when Wikipedia first started, people were like, don't use that for your source. Anyone can mess around and put whatever they want on there now. Uh, yes. It doesn't seem to be Which that is, way anymore though. It's, it's, technic not. <laughs> it's technically true. You can, but everything has sources and is cited now. Right. And everybody. So you can, so you can look. Exactly. Yeah. And they're they're heavily moderated. So like stuff that's messed, messed around with is quickly removed, like almost instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. So. So uh, now whenever I do my normal research for uh, this show, uh, I obviously look at Wikipedia, but I look at uh -huh. all kinds of different sources. Yeah. Uh, but I thought for this uh, for this particular show, we'll just use it as like a, a bullet point type thing, and we can start discussing things from the things that uh, they mentioned here. Sounds good. All right, of course, the Betty and Barney Hill were from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or New Hampshire, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, Barney was employed by the U.S. Postal Service, while Betty was a social worker. Uh, now, of course, the big thing, and this is in the 19th, this incident takes place in the 1960s. Uh, so, uh, the one thing that really makes them stand out as a couple at that time is that, of course, she was white and he was an African-American. So mm -hmm. they were a mixed, they were interracial couple. And while, you know, in today's age, thankfully, we don't really care about that. You know, whoever you love is who you love. But, you know, back then there was a lot less, uh, what do you want to call it? Equality. Yeah. The people, uh, like people made a big deal out of it when they shouldn't have. So, uh. It's kind of a big deal that they were together, but they were actually married. Uh, that was particularly uncommon at the time. Uh, but apparently, uh, 
from whatever I've heard of this case, they were coming home from a vacation, right? From like Niagara Falls, I think it was. Yeah. Niagara Falls. Yeah. Uh, the alleged sighting took place on September 19th, 1961, around 10.30 p.m. Now, this is this is like the, the biggest point of this because this is this case to me, this was the first, I don't know about you guys. I'm just going to ask you this. Was this the first abduction case you ever heard? This was for me. Yes. I remember this one before I remember any of the other ones. I believe it was one of the first abduction cases ever reported. Yeah, that's true. But I'm talking about like for you personally, which was oh, the first yeah, one you heard. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine, mine was Travis Walton. Yeah. Fire in the sky. No, well, that's was a, mine. Yeah. That's another big one too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but this one was the one that I first read about and it just kind of was fascinating to me. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, this is, I'm going to read you a little account here of what they said happened that night. And then we're, we can dive in. Cool. Uh, the Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. Uh, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward to the west of the moon. While Barney navigated us route three, that's the road they were on. Uh, Betty reasoned that she was a, she was observing a falling star, only it moved upward. You know, it's that kind of thing where whenever you see something, your brain says, yeah. we should make this make sense. <laughs> right. And I remember yeah. um, if, if listeners want to check it out on YouTube, you can find out, you can find a lot of stuff on Betty and Barney Hill. But what, oh, what yes. there is, is there's this thing called the Betty Hill Lost Interview. And she's much, much older, dude. I think she's like in her 80s. Uh, yeah. And she talks about when she saw this happening, originally she thought she was discovering a new planet. Like she looked out, saw this and was like, that's not, that shouldn't be there. Is that a new planet? And then it started to move. And that's when she was like, oh, well, it must be like a falling star or something. And then it started to move erratically. Right. And it grew bigger and brighter. And that's when Betty urges Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog. Uh, so they stopped at a picnic area just south of, of Twin Mountain. Betty, when she was looking through binoculars, observed an odd shaped craft. Uh, fl with flashing multicolored lights and it traveled across the face of the moon. Now there's a really speaking of YouTube, there's a very, I found it really fascinating interview with their niece. Yeah. And it's a more recent interview, obviously, cause she's not as old as them. She was really young when all this was happening. But, uh, of course being the niece, she heard all this stuff firsthand from the Hills themselves. And she said a lot of really fascinating things that they told her. Uh, about this night so uh, we'll get into that too as we're going on here uh, because her sister several years earlier said she saw a flying saucer so this is betty's sister claimed to have seen one before betty thought that might be what she's seeing uh, through binoculars barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling toward vermont on its mm -hmm. way to montreal uh -huh. however he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned the craft rapidly descended in his direction uh, this caused Barney to realize this object that was a plane was not a plane. He quickly returned to the car and drove toward, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, Franconia Notch, a narrow mountainous stretch of the road. The hills claimed that they continued driving on the os oscillated road, moving very slowly in order to observe the object as it came even closer. So in my mind, every time I've heard about this, it's almost as if this object is following them yeah have you guys ever in your lives had an experience like that where you're in a car driving as a pa driving or as a passenger at night uh, and noticed a weird light in the sky looking at it and then you start to be you start to say to yourself well that's not a plane uh it doesn't look like a helicopter that's what's going on here have you ever had that yeah I have too. I've actually had a, a time when it looked like literally a plane was was like the lights of a plane were coming to land on on a highway. Uh, and then as I came on, like I drove under an overpass and then tried to see where it was again. There was no lights there. And it was the weirdest thing. Strange. Yeah. Strange, strange. I have not, but I, I've had friends who have. So yeah. I get but I get what the hills were doing here, because when when I noticed it, then I couldn't take my eye. Well, I mean, I was driving. I kept looking over. You know what I mean? It was like I was I was tracking it, basically trying to see how, you know, try to keep time with it and see where what it was as it got closer. Yeah, the hills have eyes. <laughs> uh, <at w> Dude, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking earlier how I'm going to work that in later. Whatever. <laughs> you got to be quick. You got to be quick when I'm around. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, yes. Uh, at one point, the object passed above a restaurant in, in a signal tower. 
Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile. Now, at one point, they said this thing got close enough to where they could look inside. Like, we looked through windows. They yeah. saw actual windows in this yeah. thing. Uh, and, and to the fact and they, they saw things. And then they saw figures in those windows. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, this is all the what the niece says, uh, too, in her little in her interview. And That's a little interview, but it's like an hour long. Yeah, so. Betty, Betty Hill's lost interview. She says she brings it up, and I think the interviewer asks her if they were little, like the 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 Greys, and she said no. That actually they looked human like. Actually, they didn't look like Greys. They looked more human like. Uh, they were bigger, but there was something with their eyes or something that was different. I don't know. She said their eyes were bigger. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that, other than that, they had. She. What did she say? Big eyes, small nose, small mouth, and no ears or hair. Yeah, anime, anime faces, <laughs> basically. Yeah, they exactly yeah. look like One Punch Man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The huge silent craft. I think that part's important too. They said it never made a noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, hovered around eighty to hundred feet above the hills, uh, and the uh, and filled the entire field of view in the windshield. Barney said it reminded him of a huge pancake. Mm-hmm. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using his binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. In unison, this is all this is what the niece said as well. In unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the near wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. So this thing was so low that with binoculars, he could see all this happening. That's crazy. Now, wait, 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 wait. I've been, I'm part of the X-Files generation here. I've been looking into alien abductions and stuff since I was like 11 years old. This is the first time I ever heard that he had a gun in his pocket. Yeah, actually, if you listen to the hypnosis interview, uh, it's crazy, too, the way it sounds. Like, his voice becomes very terrified when he's brought to this moment. And he talks about saying how he needs his gun. He needs to get his gun. He needs to make sure they're protected. And he grabs his gun and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lighting lighting them suckers up if I got a gun in my pocket, (sighs) dude. Unless they have control over you of the of their of both of their um, hypnosis interviews because they're you can listen to both of them. Yeah, uh, his to me was a little more terrifying because yes. he had a little more terror in his voice. Yes. Like it's, it kind of startled me a little bit. Um, so Barney. So anyway, uh, where was I on this thing? In unison, all but one figure moved to the hallway. Uh, the one remaining figure continued to look at him and communicated a message, telling him to stay where you are. <laughs> What would you guys do if not only has this thing been following you and you've been noticing it for for you know who knows how for at least a few few bits right you've been driving down a road and it's still following you to the point where it makes you stop in the middle of the highway I mean what are you gonna do like I I don't I think I would just take off right I was, yeah road runs two ways turn around and go yeah. the other direction yeah I mean <laughs> we would think we would right. But would the fascination of seeing something our eyes have never seen before hold us there? Do you know what I mean? That's a good point. But well, also, and it's, it's also be- important to note that later on, Betty says Barney is kind of out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there was something like holding them there, you know? Well, yeah, because yeah. what was it? The thing communicates the message telling him to stay where you are. Keep looking. Almost like it's it's right. uh, hypnotizing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you got to realize that, you know, according to uh, all the all the tests and stuff that were ran on both of them, like somebody said that he he was so, uh, what do you want to say? He was so terrified and so startled in this moment that he had just as much like damage done to him as like somebody coming back from war. Oh my god. It's like how messed up he was from this incident. And he wouldn't want to talk about it. Yeah. He didn't want to say half the stuff at first because he was afraid people would, would make fun of him for it. Yep. Uh, now Barney had – he said he observed the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps, red lights, and what appeared to be a bat-winged fins uh, began to telescope out of the sides of the craft. And a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. Uh, it approached to what Barney estimated to be within 50, 50 to 80 feet overhead and 300 feet away from him. 
then uh, then Barney tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car. In a near hysterical state, he told Betty, they're going to capture us. I imagine that's what it sounds like. Yeah. He saw the object again shift its location to directly above the vehicle. Actually, if you've seen, you can see us all on YouTube too. The whole thing's on there. There's a very famous made-for-TV movie about this. We, in which it's James Earl Jones playing Barney. So I should have tried to do my James Earl Jones there. <laughs> They're going to <laughs> capture us. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't breathe that you way? You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. <laughs> They're going to capture us. My son. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that movie's on YouTube, the entire movie. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I watched about half of it, and that's just because I, I didn't get to finish it. But it's it's actually very – I found it very entertaining. We honestly. might have to do a commentary for it. Yeah, it's very good. It's all on YouTube. And what's really funny is uh, I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. But I was seeing parts that I didn't remember at the very beginning where, like, before any of this happens, they're t- they just randomly are talking about UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, I think that the story was, was her sister – um, had seen a she flying seen saucer, one. yeah, and right. and this yeah. is just like the this is 1961, so they'd already heard about flying saucers from the the late you know mid to late 40s and into the 50s, right. uh, so it wasn't like flying saucers were new. And I think one of the interviews they say that when they noticed this, they thought maybe this was these flying saucers that people are talking about, and so they weren't scared; they wanted to see what it was. Until all of this happened, and it terrified the crap out of Barney. Right. So he said he saw the object again shift its location to directly above their vehicle. Now, right there is where I would need a new pair of pants. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, he drove away at high speed, telling Betty to look for the object. She rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a series of beeping and buzzing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle. Now, that part's important because... If uh, you go and listen to that, the interview with the niece, mm-hmm. uh, and I wish I could remember her name because she's actually became really important in uh, the UFO community. She was part of Betty the Hill. Betty Hill mentioned it in hers too. Yeah, she's part of MUFON and all this. But yeah, uh, they said when they got they so after this incident happens, she calls her sister, which Kath- is this girl's mom, Kathleen Martin, and, by the way. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and so they go over to their house like the next day. And she says that she even looked at their car and she noticed that the trunk had like looked like it had been scorched up or something in a certain part. Oh, so that's the part that I hadn't heard mm. before. Like you could tell mm-hmm. it had left evidence on their car. Crazy. Um, the car vibrated and and a tingling sensation passed through their bodies. The hill said that at this point in time, they experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that left their minds dulled. Mushrooms. <laughs> uh, a second series of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south. This part is what's fascinating to me. Yeah. But had only vague, spotty memories of this section of the road. Uh, they recalled making a sudden unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock, and observing a fiery orb in the road. So I'm going to ask you guys this. I've had this happen to me before where um, especially when I had to when I had a third shift job and I was driving at night. Yeah. Uh, like there'll be times where I'm like, hey, I don't remember the whole drive. <laughs> yeah. You're, you go on you know? autopilot. Basically, your mind kind of yeah. wanders during that time. And you say, wait a second. What happened to point A to point B? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. But this sounds different because. We're not talking about alcohol, Chris. Okay, <laughs> we're talking about actual missing time here. I've well, that's been there what I was too. Say. How did I get home from the bar last night? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say this is different because if you recall, they're on vacation or coming back from vacation. Yeah. So these are not roads that I would assume that they're on all the time. Right. They they got to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know that's so this is crazy. So uh, of course. That's all that they remember at the time. And even just that, to me, is terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't want any part of that. Nope. So they got home at about dawn. The Hills assert that they had some odd sensations and impulses 
that they could not explain. Uh, Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of their house. Oh, this is the other part, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really afraid of radiation uh, yep. from whatever had happened to them. Oh, yeah. So they'd, yep. even, they'd even had food that they had with them. They just ended up throwing it out just in case. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, their watches would never run again. So all these are also reminding me of, like, I'm just thinking X-Files, X-Files, X-Files. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Barney said that the leather strap for his uh, binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scrapped, or scraped even if I would read it correctly. (laughs) Uh, Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in a bathroom like we all do, uh, though he found nothing (laughs) unusual. Uh, They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. Yeah, that's the cool thing is some of the pictures, but we'll get to oh, yeah. those, yeah. Yeah. We'll they're get really, into that. They're really fascinating. The Hill said they tried to reconstruct the, chron- the chronologically of, of events and witnessed the UFO and, and drove home, but immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during a drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem zipper and lining later when she retrieved the items from her closet she noticed a pinkish powder on her dress she hung the dress on her clothesline and the pink powder blew away but the dress was damaged so she threw it away but then uh, she changed her mind retrieved the dress and hanged it in her closet over the years five labs have concluded have conducted chemical and uh, forensic analysis on the dress hmm uh, they were shiny circles on the car's trunk. That's what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That they had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, this is another thing that Denise said that they did as well. The needle would whirl rapidly. So in other words, it hmm. couldn't find north. Wow. Yeah. Um, but when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. So of course, uh, Chris, you kind of mentioned it. Um, this they I mean, even in the early '60s, they were still well aware of UFOs at the time. Yeah. Uh, so on September 21st, Betty telephoned uh, the Pease Air Force Base to report their encounter. Though for fear of being labeled eccentric, she withheld some of the details, and Barney would do the same as well. Um, on September 22nd, Major Paul W. Henderson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. So you can actually, in Henderson's report, which was dated on the 26th, determined that the Hills had probably, probably, uh, goodness gracious, <laughs> had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. This was later changed to optical condition inversion, blah, blah, blah. I totally uh, hate when at night and I'm out like trying to check out and see uh, constellations when Jupiter just starts moving around and like descending upon my head. Yeah. That's so annoying. And I hate it when Jupiter just chases me in my car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tells me to continue to stare at it. Yeah. Keep so looking annoying, at Jupiter. Me. Like, aren't you a planet? Go do planet stuff, yeah. man. Leave Don't me you alone, have stuff to do, Jupiter? Jupiter. <laughs> Shouldn't you be looking out for Uranus? Uh, that's right the u.s air force's ufo research project project blue book uh has this report which is also very fascinating to me because that's one of the more famous uh, ufo research that was ever done by the uh, u.s government so uh, within days of the encounter betty borrowed a ufo book from a local library uh on september 22nd betty wrote to keyhole who was the uh he was a major Major Donald E. Kehoe, he was the head of NICAP, a civilian UFO research group. So she wrote to him. She related the full story, including the details about the figures that Barney had seen through the binoculars. Betty wrote that she and Barney were considering a hypnosis to help recall what had happened. Her letter was eventually passed on to Walter Webb, a Boston astronomer and NICAP member. So he met the Hills in October. In a six-hour interview, the Hills related all they could remember of the encounter. Barney asserted that he had developed a sort of mental block, which I can't blame him, uh, and that he suspected there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. He described in great detail all that he could remember about the craft and the appearance of the 
somehow not human figures ab- aboard the crab, the craft, or the crab. <laughs> <laughs> Webb stated that they were telling the truth, and the entire and and the incident probably occurred exactly as they reported it, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities. Right. So then, <clears throat> after this. Uh, ten days, it says. Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter. This is when Betty starts having dreams. They continue for five nights, never in her memory, has she recalled dreams in such detail and intensity. But they stopped abruptly after five nights and never returned again. So I think from this point on, I think it's important to mention what you guys know of their uh, like when they actually get into hypnosis and you yeah. can find all these tapes on YouTube. Oh yeah. They're fascinating. I think I'll play at the end of this episode, I'll play clips of, of the, uh, the hypnosis interviews. Oh, that'd be really cool. So Carter, I know you especially are really averse in this one. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from both of their hypnosis uh, times? Well, as far as Barney goes, I would have to agree with you that, uh, it sounds like he's from the interview tape or from the hypnosis tape. It sounds like he's genuinely terrified when he's recalling, you know, what happened because as I understand it, when you undergo hypnosis like that, it puts your brain into a state of mind that you, you think that what you're recalling is happening at that moment. Yep. So in his mind, he's like reliving, you know, this whole experience. Uh, I, I haven't listened to Betty's tape in a long time. I didn't get a chance to get to those. Um, but if I'm recalling correctly, isn't the hypnosis tape for Betty, isn't that when she reveals that she, like at one point she asked the alien, okay, so where do you guys come from? And he, and she, the alien pulled up all the star charge charts and pointed one out. And if memory serves, at that time it was an undiscovered uh, star system. Uh, I think you're very close because this incident's called two things. I'd always heard it called as the Hill Abduction. That's what I always heard it called. Yeah. Yeah. But the second name that it gets is the Zeta Reticula or Culi incident because the couple stated that they have been kidnapped by aliens who claim to be from that system, the mm-hmm. Zeta Reticuli system. So, yeah. So what you're saying? That's that's freaky. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's like almost proof in and of itself right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's and she drew the map, too. So she's drawing this star map to a system that hasn't been discovered yet. And when they do discover it, what is it, six or seven years later, something like that? You know, it's like, wow, Okay. well, so maybe she did see a real star map and what she drew from memory, you know, really was where they came from. Cause that's where they say the grays come from, but right. You know, none of that's actually verifiable, but still, I'll verify I don't know. It. I, I, I think <laughs> you go verify it. Yeah. You, you go verify it. I'll stay here and, and watch. I'm just going to say it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think this one's kind of a weird case, personally. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's very weird. It's all over the board. Um, because, far as I know, and we haven't even gotten to what, like they said during hypnosis, but as far as I'm, I'm aware of, they never once said that. Like they they stuck to this. Like they never once said it was that they were lying. They always said that this was what happened to them. Mm -hmm. Well, and what you said earlier, I think factors into this too, about it being an interracial couple in the sixties, there were still people that didn't think they should be together. So by coming out with the story, you're drawing a lot of unwanted attention to yourself. Right. Which to me lends more credibility to them. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, when you were asking about the tapes, so Again, I, I'm with Carter. He totally sounds super terrified, Barney does. And to me, it just it doesn't sound like he's lying at all. It really this is to me one of the most credible uh cases in terms of the alien abduction thing that we've ever had, I think. 
personally, because you know, there's times when I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I like to believe or I want to believe, but there's it could be this, it could be that. For this well, case, it, I can't say it could be this or it could be that. It's either you believe what they're saying or you don't. And for this one, and it's yeah, a, it's a case that predates all this modern abduction lore. Yeah, you know, like this is the case that all that a lot of that came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to me that's leading credence to this. I think at the very least, something happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know what it was, but, you know, uh, I mean, they had they did not. You would not benefit from this at all. Becoming going public with this. How would you benefit? Especially at that time. The only thing I could see what what it could have been. um, Actually, I'm not going to say it yet. I want to I want to continue first and I'll bring it up at the end. Yes. Save it. Save it. That's a good good teaser. (laughs) So I want to get to this the the hypnosis thing real quick because I, to me that's the that's just as famous as the actual incident itself. Uh, the actual it happened on January fourth, nineteen sixty four. Uh, Betty and Barney were hypnotized several times, and the sessions lasted until June, so for about six months. Uh, the sessions were conducted separately, so they were never together when they did this, so they could not overhear one another's you know what they would say. So at the end of the at the end of each session, he would reinstate amnesia. He would make them forget. So I want to kind of get into like how they how Barney described uh, like what actually happened to him. Um, he said the beings were similar to Betty's, like his how he described them were very similar to how Betty described the beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often stared into his eyes with a terrifying mesmerizing effect. Barney said things like, oh, those eyes. Like, he would constantly talk about their eyes. They're there in my brain. Like, he, that's all he would see, even when he closed his eyes, were their eyes. Jeez. Uh, that, that, to me, just sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my own eyes. That's so weird, dude. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sign me out. I'm not there for that. Nope. Uh, Barney related that he and Betty were taken onto the the disc shaped craft where they were separated. Uh, they took him to a room by three of the men and told to lie and he was told to lie on a exam table. Unlike Betty, however, uh, Barney's narrative of the exam was less detailed as he continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam. A cup like device was placed over his genitals like aliens are one to do. Uh, he did not experience an orgasm though. I mean, that's kind of sad. Uh, Barney thought that a sperm sample had been taken. Hmm. Uh, the men scraped his eyes and peered in his ears and mouth. So, in other words, his, skin, his he scraped his eyes or his skin. His skin. Sorry, oh. I say eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm okay. so used to saying eyes. You yeah. the eyes are in your in your head. <laughs> now it's all I see. <laughs> yeah, the men scraped his skin and peered in his ears and mouth. Yeah, like a doctor. A thin, a thin tube. Yeah, it's what this just sounds like. It's like a really incredibly thorough doctor's examination. Uh, a thin tube or cylinder was inserted into his Uranus a and thorough, removed. A thorough. Uh, <laughs> thorough. Yeah. Someone filled his spine and seemed to be count- counting his vertebrae. That line right there terrifies me more than anything. <laughs> like, this creature is filling your spine to count your vertebrae. What does he want? (laughs) And then Betty, of course, reported a conversation with the leader and that she understood was in English for some reason. Uh, Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language he did not understand, yet he also understood them in English. Betty also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be a thought Tra- uh, transference. In other words, you know, te- telepathy. At the time, he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy, but both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the beings' mouths moving when they would communicate in English with them. Huh. Uh, 
Barney recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. He remembered a light appearing on the road, and he said, Oh, no, not again. He recalled Betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon, though the moon had, in fact, set several hours earlier. He also stated that he attempted to pronounce or to produce the code-like buzzing sounds, which seemed to strike the car's trunk a second time by driving from side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle. His attempt was unsuccessful. Uh, so that's just from, that's just what he says happened to him during hypnosis. This, to me, is whenever you hear of any abduction case where somebody's taken aboard a ship, like this is kind of what started all that, right? Like this is all the yeah. little things you would hear about. Like they yep. examined me. Uh, they did some like things with my genitals or my sexual organs, uh, you know, or and they were just kind of pretty much just checking me out. I guess the best way to put it. Like, yeah. What made me tick? Basically, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. And that to me is beyond terrifying. I don't even like like it when my doctor does that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing it, and I know them. <laughs> and they 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 don't send you telepathic thoughts either like oh you see this right here it's going up your backside yeah <laughs> and i and i pay them for that exactly yeah <laughs> so here's what happens during betty's we'll try to like simplify this a little bit uh her account was similar to the events of her of her dreams that she said she had but there are also some differences uh details pertaining, pertaining to her capture and release were different uh, the technology on the craft was different. The short men had a significantly different physical appearance than the ones in her dreams. Um, the order of uh, the abduction event was different. So I was just telling you, like, I told you before, she was having all these dreams, and she would actually write down yeah. what was happening in her dreams. That's how she they could compare this. Uh, she had emotional distress during her capture and examination. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of a given, right? I yeah. think we would all have that. Yeah. Yep. He actually even the the guy even ended one of the sessions early because tears were flowing down her cheeks so much and she was very distressed and crying. Simon gave Betty the post hypnotic suggestion that she could sketch a copy of the star map that she later described as a three dimensional projection similar to a hologram, aka this is what the, the aliens were telling her they were from where they were from. Yeah. Eventually she did what Simon suggested, although she said the map had many stars who she drew only those that stood out in her memory. Can I her point? So, can I point something yeah. out really quick? She said that it was a um, what she saw was a star map that was a three dimensional projection similar to a hologram. Right. Were those things even happening in the in sixty one? Was was the idea behind the three dimensional projection hologram a thing? Science fiction, yeah. Or huh. science fact now. <laughs> well, yeah, now we have that. But the, my my yeah. thing is like, how is she even thinking about that? You know what I mean? Right. Where does she get that kind of information to to say? Uh, I mean, we don't know. We don't know if they were sci fi fans. But it, to me, again, this is something that just lends a little bit more credence to to what she's saying. Right. Yeah. Or uh, somebody explained to her what a hologram is. Possibly. You know, and she was like, "Yeah, it was like that." That could be it. Like maybe she was trying to describe it, and somebody said, "Oh, like a hologram." Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, her map consisted of twelve prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. She said she was told the stars connected by solid lines formed trade routes, whereas dashed lines were less traveled stars. So they were even kind of giving her a road map almost. Hmm. Which to me is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of that's kind of what's all in there. You can go back yourself and find all this on YouTube, like we said before. Pretty much all their, uh, what do you want to call it? Like hypnosis tapes. I yeah. guess the best way to put it. Uh, you can listen to those. They're really fascinating. Uh, there's all kinds of takes on this. So I guess at the end of the day, guys, this is by far the most one of the, to me, this is one of the most famous alien abduction cases ever, and also to me, this is one of the ones where I can't just easily explain this one away. Yeah, 
Yeah, the, huh. this one, the Walton case and the Cash Landrum incident in I think it was Texas are the are the big ones. Yeah, it's it's just so, I mean, the only way that that this even makes sense to me as just like trying to make it trying to you know, we try to we try to describe things away with science, right? Like what we know. Yeah. Like the only way you could say is that, that they're both lying. I mean, it'd be the only way you could, right? Because if all this is has any bit of truth to it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. But if they're lying, these people, if you go back and listen to their tapes, are incredible actors. Yeah, there's... there, so, And that's the thing is that, you know, when he was under hypnosis, it, it, it it's... You can't fake that kind of stuff if you're actually, if you've actually been hypnotized. Do you know what I mean? Can I point yeah. out He's that like, uh, you can? Sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Chris. Oh, I was just gonna say, can I point out that that Zeta Reticuli is a real binary star system in the Southern Constellation? I was looking at this thing real quick uh, because it says when they were analyzing the star map, uh, it, you know, everybody says it just looks like a bunch of random dots. Um, even Carl Sagan on one of his shows in an episode of Cosmos, it says here in 1980, Seg- uh, Sagan demonstrated that without the lines drawn in the maps, the hill map bore no resemblance to a real life map. But in contrast, um, David Saunders, a statistician who had been on the uh, con- con- condone UFO study, argued that the unusual alignment of key sun-like stars in a plane centered around Zeta Reticuli was statistically improbable to have happened by chance from a random group of stars in our immediate neighborhood. So she literally, when uh, like it's the fact that it does match up that the 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 alignment of all of these different stars in this double what is it a bi- double sun you know whatever it's yeah. called, that it, it exists and, and it's, it's, it's almost improbable for her to have put it together that like that. You know what I mean? That's, yep. it's just crazy, man. Yeah. That's fascinating. Huh? Like how, how would she know that? Yeah. I feel like, um, Oh man. That's not something you get just from looking up at the stars. Yeah. Let, let's imagine, let's just say for the sake of argument, because I always want to try to look at both sides of something, right? I want to always look at what makes me want to believe it's true and also the things that are going against it being true. I want to look at both. Because usually the truth in anything is kind of in the middle. Yeah. With this one, let's just say that they were making all this up. Let's just for the sake of argument say that. So she just randomly made this star thing up and it just randomly happened to become a – it was actual a real thing. Right, and and it it happened to be one of the star systems that we as as the human race think could hold life. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just so random. Like that's like got to be like what one in a super duper million that you just happen to point out, and all yeah. of the stars in, our un- in in the universe, these ones that happen to be discovered later that she would not have any knowledge of at the time. No. So she, if she was just making it up, what? That's that would be incredible in itself that she got that right. Like she totally called it. Well, and the other the other thing to point out too is that even their even their shrink that they went to originally, uh, Doctor Simon, I think his name was. Yeah. He even said, you know, either either these people are lying, or about this happening. Or they've created these false memories to cover up something else. He, because he said they had experienced some kind of trauma. Hmm. All right, let's let's yeah. get to the meat of it now. Okay, so what do you guys think? For, yes, or do you do you see this as be like? What are your thoughts? Let's do this. I think this is a genuine uh, abduction case. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's nothing. There's no way this could be anything but. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with the shrink. Something happened. Because it does say that they didn't seek any kind of uh, notoriety for this. After yeah. all of this stuff came public and stuff, they went back to their normal lives. That was it. They were willing to discuss these things with friends and family, but they made no effort to seek publicity. Yep. That's yeah. true. That leads more credence to them, too, in my opinion. I have uh, this, this one's tough for me. Yeah. This one's really tough 
like all the evidence to me just points to this being something like I I guarantee something happened. To me, I don't know what that was. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and say it was aliens for sure, but 100% I guarantee something happened that really me- messed with them both. Um I mean, and if it was aliens, that would mess with me, so that could be it. That could very well be it. Yeah. So I mean, this one's tough. I got to tell you for me it is too because I I hear it and it's my instinct is like yes, 100% true. But when when I do look at these things because I say like I said before, I want to believe. I do. But if I find a grain of anything that might bring this whole, you know, tower of truth tumbling down to the ground, then I have to say, well, that that's still a possibility that this may have happened this way. So have you guys ever heard of lysergic acid diethylamide? Heard of it. AKA LSD. Dude. Okay. Yes, I've heard of that. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. LSD. For those who do not know, uh, was first it's acid. <laughs> first, Woo-hoo! yes, acid. First was synthesized November sixteenth, nineteen thirty-eight, by Swiss chemic- chemist Albert Hoffman uh, in Sandoz Laboratories in Switzerland. So uh, they synthesized psychedel- this psychedelic, realizing the the properties it has, right? Um, and start to use it in all different kinds of things. Originally, you know, psychologists were using it for a while. Um, but beginning in the 1950s, the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency began a research program codenamed MK Project, Ultra. yep, Project MK Ultra. Experiments yes. included administering LSD to CIA employees, right. military personnel. One of them jumped out their own window. Doctors. Yep. Other government agents. Now, here's the kicker. They also administered it to prostitutes, mentally ill patients, and members of the general public in order to study the reactions, usually without the subject's knowledge. Now, if you're looking for members of the the public who, in your eyes, at that time, 1961, are not as important you know what i mean they're 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 considered lower because they're in a biracial relationship an interracial you know what i'm saying i could see the government saying use it on them they're nobodies do you know what i mean yeah i get what you're saying but wouldn't it have to be random like it'd be really random if they had just happened to use it on them then well this was if, the case. If, if we do subscribe to the fact that ufos and aliens are real and that what happened at roswell really may have happened and that we did you know recover a lot of alien aircraft and and technology which we were reverse engineering at that time by 1961 we would have developed something that we're testing in terms of the flying and all that stuff right so that's the thing these guys weren't being followed it wasn't like they were they followed the hills but during the night out there in the middle of nowhere when they were trying to test out one of these things um here come the hills driving on a lonely road by themselves and they're stopping and they're getting out of the car and they're using binoculars to see what's going on. Enter the men in black. That's my only thing that I could say maybe a possibility to this not being real in this instance because the government was doing crazy things with this. It's 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 a, such a far reach, and it's so minuscule to say that this could have happened to them. But if it's even if the possibility is there, then I have to say, okay, so maybe there's a possibility it didn't happen. Are you asking me? Do I believe this happened? I do. I think it really happened. When you listen to that that those hypnosis tapes, I'm sorry, man. Like Barney doesn't like. Do you know what I'm saying? 1961 was a different way of presenting yourself as a man. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Crying and, and 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 screaming in terror like this, no matter where you're at, even the psychiatrist's office, like you 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 kind of that you held that stuff in. You didn't deal with that. You didn't do that. Uh, and this the way he sounds like the the terror, the screaming. Like I, I'm surprised he didn't urinate himself during that because it sounds like he was on the verge. Yeah. Well, two two things. First of all, I've done a lot of acid. and i have never seen anything like that ever i've seen some crazy shit i to this day 
I will swear to you that the night game that takes that happens at the end of the replacements. You guys remember the replacements, the football movie with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's a night game at the end. We were watching it while I was on acid. It's a day game. That ain't no night game. That was a day. Game. <laughs> that was a day. And the wall behind the TV was green, and then it was blue, and then it was. But I've never seen anything like that on acid. I've never. heard I've heard friends uh, who have been on acid that say they saw like like pixies and demons and actually saw three dimensional things in front of them and moving around and interacting with them. So I can well, see it depends on how much maybe you're given and and, and I, what's going okay, on. Okay, and and sub sub uh, subs, you know, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> add on to what I just said. Uh, <laughs> I would, go, I would go over to my acid dealer's house and buy two hits, and by the end of the night, she would have fed me eight, nine, or ten. So I've never <laughs> seen anything like that on that much acid. Now, that being said, that a lot of confessions said, going on. Here's here's what here's what here's what is I think is really scary. Say the psychiatrist that they went to see is right, and that they weren't abducted by aliens, but that something traumatic happened to them, and it was traumatic enough for them to create false memories like to to cover it up in their own minds what the hell would have to happen to you for you to come up with a story like that yeah to cover it up it's true yeah it's crazy dude it, it really is crazy yeah and just so i can relate to carter uh one time somebody a blue smoke from their marijuana cigarette onto my face. And I never once saw anything like that either. I said, sorry, dude. I, I was trying to blow the other way. I didn't realize you were standing there. I'm sorry. God. Will you give me a hassle, man? What's the hassle? Never going to let him live it down. It's never going to happen again. Bring man. it up every chance I get. Um, this is definitely a fascinating case, and it's one of those that really makes you question whether or not uh, this this is something that you can believe in because it, it's 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 so fascinating and so just believable. And and it's one of these thing, one of these cases that has permeated pop culture. One of the things I was looking at on on the Wikipedia page was all the different instances that this comes up in pop culture. I wanted to read this real quick. Uh, Barney Hill is on an episode of To Tell the Truth which aired December 12th, 1966. Also, the couple was portrayed by James Earl Jones and Estelle Parsons, just like you said, the UFO incident. Uh, the encounter was portrayed in the segment of a 12-episode Carl Sagan's uh, miniseries, Cosmos, uh, entitled Encyclopedia Galactica. Also, details of the Hills case was used in the X-Files episode, uh, Jose chungs from outer space from outer space i love that episode yeah an episode of the travel channel series mysteries at the museum covers the subject of the abduction in the second season of american horror story called asylum evan peters and Brittany oldford portray interracial couple kit and alma walker respectively who were abducted by aliens they're most likely based on barney and betty uh real quick what was the other one i saw here which is cool i didn't know this literally last month uh i you, i was listening to lore for a while I've st- i haven't listened to it in a long time but uh it says in may of 2018 uh lore covers the event in episode 87 road trip so guess what i'm gonna listen to next yeah my buddy is go. a producer on that show sweet oh really amazon show. yeah the, when they turned it into a show on amazon yeah, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, he's a producer on that show. Does your buddy That's know that cool. you have your own History Creeps podcast? That may be a uh, good match for Amazon. I, <laughs> Phil, Phil, are you listening, Phil? You need to be listening, Phil. We could do this, man. We could do yeah, this, Phil. Um, so that's it, right? Betty and Barney Hill. Fascinating. Oh, one more pop culture thing. Check this out in Gravity Falls episode Dipper and Mabel versus the Future. There's a cryptogram on a UFO that reads, Betty and Barney were here. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a great show, by the way. They covered, Never saw they it. covered it on uh, Dark Skies, I think. Or was it called Dark Skies or Night Skies? Dark Skies. Well, if, you're on, if you're on acid, it's Day Skies. <laughs> it was Dark Skies. <laughs> Listen, man. I'm going to go to my grave telling you that that was a day game. All right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome 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 great episode guys great round table uh thank you patrons who um suggested the topics and uh andrew thanks for suggesting this one as this was the one we picked and again it just reminded me of why i loved getting into it when i was a kid like seriously this brought me back there because that's when i remember listening i'm mean, learning about this you know what i mean 
Yeah. Yep. 100%. Oh, I just got uh, real quick. We're at the end of the show here. Aaron just walked in and said, let Johnny know you got your mail. Oh, okay. So I got my mail. <laughs> All right, sweet. There you go. History <laughs> Creepers. Now you know I got my mail. Um, But yeah, thanks guys for, for suggesting this for the roundtable. Uh, keep an eye out for the next roundtable. I think we're just going to put up the, the topics to have you guys vote on them again for the next month. So keep an eye open. If you're not following us on Patreon, if you're not a patron yet and you're interested in becoming a patron, a part of the Creeper Club, get your own Creeper Club membership card uh, and other perks, check out uh, patreon.com, History Creeps. That's right. Get a shirt. Get a shirt from BICBP-radio.com. There you go. I need a shirt. Uh, we'll you get do. shirts out to you, man. We'll we'll uh, we'll work that out after the after after we say goodbye and we kick everyone out of the clubhouse. Please get him a shirt. I'm tired of Carter sending me all those shirtless pictures of himself. <laughs> Dude, I told you it's not a creature growing on my chest. Okay, that's just the way my chest hair looks. Jesus, <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> His LSD fueled selfies coming your way. Uh, so there you go from creepers thanks so much for joining us Uh, it's time to get out of the clubhouse though so for Carter Johnson and for Johnny Townsend this is Chris Chavez as always we wish you a good evening and stay creepy deeper and deeper deeper sleep far asleep deeper and deeper fully relaxed all muscles are relaxed comfortable, relaxed. You will not be anxious or distressed, but you will remember everything and you will tell me everything. Yes. I think I will stop. I will stop. And I have not stopped. And Betty said, Look, there's a star moving. And I look and I see a star. It's funny. But I said, Betty, that's a satellite. We are seeing a satellite. And then I pulled over to the side of the road. And Betty jumped out her side on her side with the binoculars and I got the chain and I hooked it to the dog on her collar and I say, come on Dulcie, let's get out. She jumps out and I look toward the sky and I look back to Dulcie and walk her around the trunk of the car. And I'm saying, hurry up, Betty, so I can get a look. And Betty passes the binoculars to me. And I see that this is not a satellite. It an airplane. It is an airplane. You can see, I think, you can see the rows of windows. And it is an airplane. And I tell Betty this give the binoculars back to her and I am satisfied and I drive and Betty is still looking and she says Barney that is not a plane it is still following us and I stopped look and I see it is still out there off in the distance so I search for a place to pull off the road and I see a dirt road to the right of the main highway and I think this is a good place I can pull off 
and if any fire comes, it won't strike me. And I am thinking, this is strange, because it is still there. And Betty said, I think she said, I am mad with her, I said, I believe Betty is trying to make me think this is a flying saucer. Was it light enough to see? It was just a light moving through the sky. I heard no noise, and I think this is ridiculous, and Betty, it is not a flying saucer. What are you doing that for? You want to believe in this thing, and I don't. And. I can't hear any sound. No sound, whatever. I can't, I want to hear a jet. Oh, I want to hear a jet so badly. I why want you, to hear it. Why do you want to hear a jet? Because Betty is making me mad. She is making me angry. Because she is saying, Look at that. It's strange. It's not a plane. Look at it. And I keep thinking it's got to be. And I want to hear a hum. I want to hear a motor. How far away was it? It was... Oh, it wasn't far. It was about... thousand feet, I guess. thousand feet. A thousand feet. Did it go back and forth, or did it go in circles like a it plane does? would go toward the west, and without looking as if it turned, it would come straight back. It would go like a think of a paddle and a ball with a rubber and you hit the ball and the ball goes straight out and comes straight back without a circle and I think only a jet could fly that fast and I am hoping I can find a good place where I can stop and really see this thing, whatever it is, and I see a wigwam, and I recognize this place, and I feel safe, I feel blessed in the barren hostility. What is this place? What an area. What is this place? It is Indian Head. I had been there before, and I feel comforted that I see a familiar place. And I think I will get a good look at this, because Betty was very annoying.
you can remember everything now. It's right over my right. God. What is it? And I try to maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on and experience it. It will not hurt you now. I got to get my gun. Go on. 